is a Woodside Church podcast. Well, good morning to you. My name is Martin. If uh, we haven't met, it's great to uh, uh, have an opportunity to share this morning. Uh, we are continuing our, our series, which we call The Sounds of Christmas. And uh, this one is called The Sound of a Choir. I mean, it was nearly called A Sound of a Sheep. Uh, but this is The Sound of a Choir. Uh, and this is a remarkable moment in the story uh, where we pick up uh, this uh, announcement that there's going to be a saviour to the world. And I know we know, we know this story, don't we? Yeah? A bit familiar, isn't it? Let's catch hold of the remarkable truth that this story unfolds for us. So please, please, I mean, not pretend that it's the first time. But you know, just allow yourself to really be impacted by this story as we, as we share together. Now, before we get into that, I just want to, a number of people ask, uh, how did I get on in Liberia? Uh, and so just to say, uh, I had an amazing time. I've got some photographs to show, actually, I think. There you go. There you go. So, we, I mean, I thought the sound of a choir, we had, we had some fantastic choirs. That's, that's one of the choirs. Uh, and uh, every time we had, a, we had an event, uh, a service as part of the conference, which is in Monrovia, it's the capital of Liberia, uh, the choir would be in a different outfit. It's just phenomenal. Uh, and uh, the worship, the praise, I did tell them I wanted to take them home, actually, uh, which, which, which was received quite positively. So that, 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 that could have gone very wrong. Uh, but we had an amazing time. So if you don't know, I, I was trying to get uh, uh, visas to go to Nigeria and Liberia, failed on the visa to, Li- to Nigeria. Thankfully, Felix, one, one of the guys here, soon to be made an elder here, uh, uh, he went, uh, represented us, did a phenomenal job in Lagos, spoke at the conference there. We gathered another number of pastors from a number of nations in Lagos, in Nigeria, and then I was in Liberia, which is the other side of West Africa, uh, and we did similar. We gathered pastors from around. So those guys there um, uh, are the, the guys that lead from different, from different nations. The guy on the left in, in the pink is Jonathan. He's from Liberia. The next one along is, is um, Robinson. He's from Uganda, actually, which is East Africa, uh, which is very exciting. Uh, James in the front, who's from Guinea. Sierra Leone is Mamu. Uh, next to me on my left is Sam, who's from Lagos. And the guy on the far right is actually based in Lagos, but he's planted churches in Benin and now Togo. They are phenomenal. They're doing remarkable things. And the last few years have been some of the toughest that they've known. But you'd never know. You'd never know. They're joining the Lord. All that they're doing is, is, it is remarkable. Uh, they, they then start talking about, Jonathan started talking about uh, uh, planting a church into Cote d'Ivoire, Ivory Coast, you may know it as. Uh, and uh, that's, not, that's a nation we've never had churches in before, as far as I'm aware. And so the story continues. Uh, they send their love, they send their greetings. We had a great conference, shared values together. There's not many churches that are like ours. Grace-filled, word and spirit, or all the New Testament values that we probably sort of take for granted. You, you don't get that type of ch- churches in that, sorry, that part of West Africa. Uh, and so uh, that's why we're partnering together. And these are dear friends. Uh, and we had a wonderful time. One of the things that we did, actually, just, to, uh, uh, just as may have explanation, really. Um, before I went, we had a prayer meeting the Sunday before I went to Liberia. And... Uh, Debbie De Silva came up to me. Debbie's actually upstairs with the, with the children this morning. And Debbie came up to me and she said, I've got a prophetic word for, for uh, one of the guys that you're going to see. Uh, all I know is I know what he's going to be wearing. 
And so, okay, okay, this is interesting. And so I quickly got my phone out and recorded it because I thought, I'm not going to remember this prophecy. And so she described what this man was wearing, the colours of his top, and, and then gave this word for this man. And, and so I spent the whole conference looking for this man <laughs> with the colour of this top. And, and I couldn't see anyone until the second to last day, suddenly I saw this man, so, someone I know really well, actually. And so... Uh, I spoke to this man after, after that, that session and said, look, someone's given me a prophetic word. I'd love to play it to you and see what you think. And so I played this recording. So glad I recorded it. Played the recording and, my goodness, it was remarkable. What The word was that, that he was not respected in his community or his town, but God was going to lift him up. That was the essence of the word. What he then explained to me is that he's, where he is now, the nation he's in now is not the nation he was born in, and he grew up in another nation. So, and so he's at, there's like three nations connected to his story, and he's often, uh, and culturally this would be important, it's often when people say to him, well, you're not really from here, are you? You know, you're not sort of one of us, you were born there and you grew up over there. And, and so this is something that he's lived with the whole of his ministry. And he was incredibly moved. I'm playing a recording that I received the Sunday before I went. I'm thinking, this is remarkable. Of the person was wet, it was, it was a two-coloured top. Yeah, I mean, just... I tell you what, church, the prophetic temperature is really going up, isn't it? Have you been here for the last few weeks? I haven't, but boy, have I heard about it. <laughs> I mean, really significant prophetic words coming through, shaping, directional. Uh, the elders meet this week, actually. We're, well, guess why we're meeting? To, to, to grapple with all that God's saying. And uh, we weigh prophecy, of course. We share it, and then we weigh it. And, and we, but we can already see some themes coming through. Uh, and so, yeah, the prophetic temperature is going up, and praise God. And we talked about, didn't we, how we wanted to do less rowing, more sailing. Well, you, know, you say these things, you know, and suddenly God moves. So, so it's impacting us, very encouraging. Uh, it's also impacting West Africa. Yeah. Praise God. So thank you for your prayers. Yeah, thank you, God. <coughs> so God is doing some phenomenal things. Isn't he wonderful? Right, now I want to get into the story. Can we play the video? I think we've got someone who's more eloquent than me reading the text. Two, Luke verses two. 8 to 18. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. 
and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Wonderful. Wonderful. The backdrop to this part of the retelling of the story uh, by Luke, by Luke's account, uh, is really interesting. There's a, there's a backdrop, uh, if you like, a, a comparison that Luke introduces just prior to him getting to the moment when the angels appear to the shepherds and the story begins to really take shape. But let me just read to you what, what Luke writes just a few verses before at the beginning of of chapter 2, he says this. He introduces the story by telling us about Augustus Caesar, uh, who's way off in Rome, and Augustus Caesar is at the height of his power. And Luke is deliberately contrasting these things going on. Okay, So this is what it says at the beginning of of, uh, Luke 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And verse 3 says, and everyone went to their own town to register. See, this is why Joseph and Mary went to Bethlehem, the town of David, because Joseph belonged to the house and the line of David. But Luke introduces us to Augustus. And Augustus was the, the adopted son of Julius Caesar. And Augustus became the sole Ruler of the Roman world after a bloody civil civil war. I always think I'm swearing when I say that. But a, a, a bloody civil war. He turns the Roman Republic into an empire. This is this is a significant moment in the story of of the of, of Rome and the Roman Empire. And Augustus made himself the head, and he proclaimed that he had brought justice and peace to the whole world. You'll recognise some themes here justice and peace to the whole world, and declaring his adoptive father, Julius Caesar, was divine, and therefore Augustus was the son of God. And in fact, poets wrote songs about Augustus and this new era. And historians, Roman historians, told the the story of Rome's rise with this climax of Augustus himself. And people said of Augustus that he was the saviour of the world. Meanwhile, far away on the same eastern frontier, a little boy was being born. Within a generation, he would be held as the true son of God, whose followers would speak of him as their saviour and whose arrival would bring true justice and peace to the world. See, the point is clear, what Luke is helping us with. The birth of this little boy is is the beginning of a confrontation between the kingdom of God in all its apparent weakness and vulnerability and fragility that is seen in, in a child and the kingdom of darkness and any other kingdom in the world. And Luke wants to grab our attention with this juxtaposition. He wants us to see the, the might of the Roman Empire and the fragility of this small boy. He wants us to, to look at the counterfeit to the genuine. He wants to realise what this the world is saying about this and what God is saying about this. And this contrast between the genuine and the counterfeit we see today, don't we? The world wants peace but without the Prince of Peace. The world wants joy, 
but not joy that is found in the Lord. The world wants truth as long as it's my truth. And this juxtaposition, this contrast, grabs us, and that's what Luke wants us to do, but not just to say, oh gosh, look what was happening there, but to apply it into our setting and realize that we also need to focus on what is genuine versus what is counterfeit. And then there's the message from the angel. It's the gospel. It's the gospel. Fear not, we're told. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour who is Christ the Lord. David Garland, a commentator on these verses, says this about this announcement. He says this, The announcement of good news was a term familiar to the ancient audience from Roman propaganda. It was used for glad tidings related to the birth of an heir to the emperor, of his coming of age and his ascension to the throne. The term will be completely redefined by the gospel story of Jesus. So much going on in this moment, isn't there? The angel's announcement includes several of the most frequent words that Luke used through his gospel about bringing good news, about joy, about today, about the Saviour and the Lord. This shows the tremendous importance of this angelic pronouncement. It's just not a part of the story. It's a significant moment in the whole story of Jesus Christ. It's this bold proclamation of the gospel. It's at the very heart and the very beginning of the birth of Jesus. This time has come for the fulfillment of all the prophetic expectation that has been built up throughout the Old, we know as the Old Testament. Now it's been revealed. Now it's been announced. Just a phenomenal moment. And if it wasn't dramatic enough that you had one angel, you then had a multitude of angels. I mean, it just the gravity and the moment just gets grander. In verse 13, it says this, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. I don't know if you've ever had those moments when you're impressed with something and then, and then, and then you get a multitude moment. Uh, some years ago, uh, my family went bird watching. That's one of the things we like to do. I know that's not very cool. But we do it, okay? So we do bird watching, and we went to Pembrokeshire, beautiful southern part of Wales, and we went to Scoma Island, which is an island just off the coast of Pembrokeshire. Some of you are nodding your head. We'd never seen a puffin in our life before. It's one of those birds you always long to see, isn't it? Certainly it has been for me. And so we're, we're, on, we're on a boat, and we've been told that this is the time of year that puffins can be seen. They're called orcs. They're part of the orc family, actually. I know when I say orcs, normally people think of Lord of the Rings, right? Okay, but these are, these are little orcs, okay. And it's a tiny little bird. And so we're on this boat, and my whole family, mum and dad are there, and Dawn and the girls are there. And, 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 and so we go, and we go around the bay, and there it is. A puffin. This t- and I, I, we went absolutely bonkers. 
Now we're strange. We get excited about bird watching. No, no. And suddenly we saw this puppet. Honestly, we were really excited. I couldn't grab my binoculars quickly enough, you know. And, and then it was bobbing on the floor. And, and then and we're all celebrating, high-fiving, you know. And, and, and then we carry on around the bay. And then we see a multitude of puffins. There were thousands of them. We felt ridiculous because we celebrated so much it's one puffin. Everyone else is thinking, oh, you know, they've clearly never seen a puffin before, you know. And so there was this multitude. So, so this impact, I'll give you another example. I remember somewhere is my, is our, our daughter Becky is somewhere. There she is, she's, she's waving. With Ethan, did he tell, I've got a grandson, did I tell you that? Okay, he's here, he's in the building, just so you know. Very excited. Okay, so Becky and Esther, when they were growing up, uh, they didn't realise other people supported Crystal Palace. They thought it was only our family. I think there's an element of truth in that. And so there was the first time we ever took them to Sellers Park. That's where that's the home of Crystal Palace. And we're walking to the ground, and there's just ones and twos, and then suddenly a multitude of Palace fans. Remarkable. You don't believe me, do you? Thousands of people support Crystal Palace. See, here we have, if one angel wasn't remarkable, suddenly you have this impact. It's like, this is a big moment. Like, one angel isn't enough. We need a multitude. We need a heavenly host. And who did this message go to first? Shepherds are a strange choice for the first heralds, the first evangelists, the first to hear about this good news pronouncement. I wonder why God chose to go to shepherds. David Garland, this commentator we found really helpful in this, he said this, Surprisingly, that glory does not appear in the temple in nearby Jerusalem, nor does it shine around the manger and the newborn child. Instead, it appears to the lowly shepherds, faithfully keeping their watch over their sheep. There may be several reasons for the special role of the shepherds in the events of this unique night. Among the occupations, shepherding had a lowly place. Shepherds were considered untrustworthy and their work made them ceremonially unclean. Commentary on the New Testament says this, that both in Old Testament and New Testament, shepherd symbolises the ordinary person. The ordinary people who have joyfully received the gospel. Shepherds were the outcasts. The people that weren't primary. Isn't it remarkable that this announcement comes to the ordinary person? It doesn't come to the famous doesn't come to the powerful, doesn't come to the movers and shakers. It comes to the ordinary, in fact, to the outcasts. The gospel is for all people, we're told in this pronouncement. But the shepherds are the ordinary people. And the message the angels proclaim or begin with is, do not be afraid. Fear not. Do you remember? Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. 
So this remarkable moment with, with multitudes of impact, glory that doesn't come to even over the baby. It, it come, doesn't go to the temple. It goes to the lowly, the ordinary person. And the message is a message of good news, but it's also fear not. Do you know, that command, fear not, is, is the most common command to be found in the Bible. And we even got it mentioned this morning from Marion. Marion mentioned, fear not, because I have called you by name. The very presence of the angels of Christ's birth tell us that the world is not a closed system from God. You know, I'm a big fan of um, Apple products. Forgive me for that. But Apple like to keep you in their ecosystem. You heard that phrase? You know, that it all works great as long as you do it within their system. People who are sort of IT geeks, they don't really like Apple because it, it closes you into their system. See, what this shows us in the beginning of the story is that we're not in a closed system where God doesn't penetrate. The angels come from heaven and come to earth. It's like a, it's like a, a precursor to so much of our faith that God comes where we are, where humankind is. God's glory comes to the ordinary person. It's a message of good news. It's a message of hope. It's a do not be afraid. It's a be encouraged. Take good comfort. There's all those messages that come through. And this message comes to those who are ordinary, not the great and the good. I don't know how you're feeling at the moment. I'm feeling pretty ordinary, if I'm honest. So sometimes, probably most of the time, I'm quite pumped and I feel I can take on the world. That's my norm. I think that would be my normal disposition. If I'm honest, I don't feel like that at the moment. No, not one particular reason, but I just want to be honest with you. I feel pretty ordinary. How are you doing? How are you feeling? I feel like there's an attrition going on around us of what feels bad news after bad news and challenging moments and more challenging moments. Uh, we had a, a wonderful community group meeting this week uh, and we went round the room and uh, different people shared. And there's some big stuff going on. Uh, there's no big stuff going on that I can uh, refer to, but I feel pretty ordinary. Do you hear me? I feel like I need God. I feel like I need to be reminded of the good news of Jesus Christ. Anyone else feel like that? Maybe you're shocked. Maybe a pastor's supposed to be always bang, bang. No, they're not. If they are, it's not really what's going on. And so I need to know the good news, the gospel. It's funny, when we talk about the gospel, we normally think of it like an evangelistic moment. Got to preach the gospel. Actually, believers need to hear the gospel as well, don't we? We need to know the good news of Jesus Christ. So we have this remarkable story where God brings glory, pronouncement to the lowly, to the ordinary. I love, I love the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's just phenomenal. It's everything opposite to what the world says. But the world says lots of things. The world says, I want peace, but I don't want the Prince of Peace. The world says, you can have joy, but not joy in the Lord. The world says, oh yeah, we like truth as long as it's my truth. And we get sucked into all that stuff, if we're honest. And many, many other things that we could add. 
But there's another encouraging thing in this story that I'm also encouraged by. It's how God turns negative into positive. I'm encouraged because Luke tells us how the emperor in Rome decides to take a census of his whole domain. It was a way of him celebrating the grandness, the expanse of his kingdom. But we know that that census was used by God to bring his purposes into fulfilment. Because Joseph of Mary went to Bethlehem. And that was in the line of David, in the town of David. And that began to be the fulfilment of prophecies that he'd spoken of. We're reminded again that God can use and does use all things. All things for the good of those who love him. So not only is it a God that isn't close to where we live, close to our system, if you like, he breaks in. He's also a God that takes the, the, the wrong things going on in our life, the, the evil going on in our life, the, 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 the real obstacles, and he turns them around in a way that only he can do and brings them to good for those who love him. Amen? I mean, it just, just gets better, isn't it? It's just, this is the gospel. This, this is what we're founded on. This is the creator of the universe. This is amazing. So what a story. It's a story of good news for all people. It's a story of God who comes to the ordinary. It's a story of power and greatness demonstrated through humility and sacrifice. It's a story of Christmas, but it's actually a story that points to Easter. Let's not get stuck on the baby. Because all of what this is pointing to is good news. And good news is about the gospel of Jesus Christ. He came, he lived, he died, he rose again. In him we find eternity, but in him we find our Father. And our Father finds us. And that's the gospel. Amen. Amen. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.